Hello, welcome in to another edition of Chi Time, your conscious living show with me, Clara Apollo. And on this episode, I have for you an everyday shaman, Yakov Darling Khan. Now, he has been interested in the worlds of the spirit for a very young age, long before shamanism became trendy. And he's watched it guide him through his whole life, through meeting his gorgeous wife, Susanna, and then creating their um, movement medicine school. He's had various teachers, most famously Gabrielle Roth, but also, very recently, he has released this new book, this Jaguar in the Body, Butterfly in the Heart, is an astonishing, um, real life story. I have read it all the way through and I'm honoured to have been in its presence for what the rich wealth that it has reflected to me. I have earmarked like loads of pages um, and I've just come out of meditation now and I'm being guided to throw away all my notes and just connect in with this beautiful man who has got so much to share with us about how we can reclaim the shaman within, how we can help to be part of the peace of, of our planet, how we can reclaim who we truly, truly are and therefore who we truly are in all our relationships all the way through. So this is powerful, potent, essential, everyday stuff so without further ado let me introduce to you Yaakov Darling Khan. Welcome to Chi Time Yaakov. Thank you so much, pleasure to be here. Welcome, ah now then is that somebody's um, email on, have you got your email uh, account on because I just heard a ping? I don't think so but let me check, no not on. Well, that was okay. a, that was a mystery on because mine's not on either. So, well, some somebody's pinging us. <laughs> you can tell the, the listeners and viewers that this has taken us a little while to actually arrange for one reason or another, and so it's we're just going to go with the flow because yeah. being energy workers, we just have to trust that uh, we're being guided to the right space, the right time, and for you watching and listening also that that is the truth. So. Yeah. Yakov, such a delight and honour to welcome you onto the show. And, you know, ostensibly we're here to talk about your new amazing book, which is um, full of uh, true life. I'm going to say stories, not to belittle that in any way, because as you speak your stories, um, that really resonates within us. And it, it particularly resonates for me. I, I took this away on, on retreat with me back in, in France. And um, literally every single page I was like, <laughs> the key was running through it was the rekindling with dance with movement and mm. yeah uh so thank you so much for that and and when I got back to the UK my lovely son picked me up in in, in Brighton and he was doing a, a gig that night and I was due to come back into a new house sit and he said mum do you want to go to a gig and I'm like do I and then I did uh, of course, yeah, I always follow the, these, these flows. And I just found myself in this extraordinary sort of um, um, environment to be able to dance and amongst lots of people. So I was completely like anonymous, but my yeah. sister was dancing. And I just, so the call to dance is yeah. very strong in me and, you know, in you. And the way that 
And so let's start with how did dance find you? Well, by surprise, to be honest, because I, I, the last thing that I was interested in was dance. I was, <laughs> it's one of, one of the great spirits little jokes that I ended up teaching, not just teaching movement, but together with my wife, Susanna, creating a, a whole a contemporary shamanic practice called movement medicine. Uh, but, you know, when the dance found me, I was in my very early 20s. I'd not long before been hit by lightning. I was searching for, um, in a way, I was searching for teachers and teachings and understandings of the world which fitted my experience. And I'd only recently discovered there was such a thing as shamanism, which was the first thing I'd found which actually made sense of my own experience of life. And then I'd seen a friend of mine uh, who I'd been known for several years called Duncan had brought along this brochure and we were driving up to Leeds to go and work with a Native American lucid dream medicine woman teacher. And he said, oh, I've got something for you. And he pulled out this black and white brochure um, from an organization called The Open Gate. He said, open it up. And inside there was a picture of this extraordinarily, strikingly beautiful woman called Gabrielle Roth uh, offering not just a weekend and then a training. And I read the words and it was like, that is for me. I couldn't believe it because, and I, I must have glossed over the dance bit because, you know, as I said, dance was something I did when I had too much to drink in those days and then only to one piece of music. So um, it wasn't my thing. And I went along to this weekend and strangely, my wife had found the same weekend through a different source and we both booked without the other one knowing. We weren't married at that time. We were very early in our relationship. And we were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to this weekend with Gabrielle. Oh, so am I. Oh, that's interesting. We're both going. Great. Okay. This is, this is a minute. amazing, isn't it? When you it know you're on the right path. And it's like coincidences and synchronicities just become part of your everyday life. And really... Yeah. Is this what everyday shamanism is about, about part of it, you know? Is well, I, I think it's about, it, for me, it's about a certain way of paying attention to what's happening because um, synchronicities are present all the time if we are paying attention. Um, nature, uh, life is talking to us, is showing us the way all the time if we are paying attention. And the thing that I had to learn was that attention, particularly for those of us in, who've grown up in the industrialized world, has to be rooted in the physical body because we have a lot of attention in our, in our brain, in our thinking about things, and not even really lucid thinking, but just busy mind, very busy, 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 busy mind. And that busy mind, which is really a distraction of mind, um, takes our attention away from the body, from the heart, from our connection to the earth and our capacity to actually sense what's going on around us. So for me, finding dance and finding then through that, finding, oh, I'm in a body. <laughs> How amazing. What, what, and this body has its own intelligence. It's, it's evolved over 14 billion years. It's... Um, it's, it's been around, you know, the cells, the DNA that make up this 
physical substance has been here for a long time, has got a lot of experience. And through the dance, I started the process of learning to listen through being in this physical structure called the human body. It does. It just gives you a focus, doesn't it, for the busy mind. And when I first started, um, um, my my background is in, in Qigong and um, yes. that sort of movement. And to mm. come into that mindful awareness of how my hand is moving or how my foot is placed on the ground or how what it mm. feels like to really let the, the toes spread or whatever. It, it, yeah. it, you use the body to bring the focus of the mind into the now moment and then... Yeah spaciousness occurs and then yes. as you say you, you, you're then able to notice what's actually really going on and do you think that this is one of the the sicknesses of our time is this busy mind is we we're not being in the space we're not in that listening because we've got all these distractions that are just it, we are basically as a species um it, certainly in, living in the industrial world extremely distracted we are it's very, we haven't really trained the mind um, in the way that's necessary so that the mind can do its job, which is to receive information. So I, I think it's one of the causes of sickness because if we're in distraction, then we're missing the signals that the body is giving, that the heart is giving. And, you know, there's been a lot of really interesting research recently in the last 20 years particularly and, my wife, Susanna, who, who really likes to study the, the latest understandings in neuroscience and how, how change happens, how the body-mind connection works, how the body-heart-mind connection works. So a few years ago, she discovered this um, piece of research, and they come up with this word, interoception. Interoception means perception of the interior. And interoception is it's more than that. It's, very, it's the capacity to be able to describe in the moment what's happening in the physical body. I feel a little tightness in my left shoulder. I feel warmth in my belly. I feel my feet, as you said, spreading on the ground, my toes opening. To be able to describe this through physical language what's happening in the body actually gives us the ground to accurately perceive, to be empathic with another. And they did all this research. So people who have good interoception are much more accurate in their capacity to um, understand, receive, be in connection with another human being. And on the other extreme, people who have zero interoception move towards psychopathic if I don't feel what's happening in here, then I don't feel what's happening over there. And therefore, there's no connection. Therefore, there's no concern. And so interoception is a, is a modern neuroscientific understanding which talks about an ancient shamanic understanding of presence with the physicality of body and earth, the physicality of the elements inside us, around us. Uh, so it's a modern understanding of a, an ancient way of living, really, which is to be here, to be present in this. You know, if you are having to grow your food 
or hunt for your dinner. You have to be present. And the, the further we've moved away from that, the, the more we've moved away from that instinct, which is our capacity not just to listen to ourselves and nature around us, but to listen to each other. And there's all this sort of um, miscommunication going on. But as you were talking about in your book, um, what's going on outside of us is actually a reflection of what's going on inside of us. So where's that miscommunication inside us? Where are we not communing with our truth, with our, with our essence, with our um, real being? And that one of the, the threads that runs through your book is this, this search for who you really are, who you really are without needing to be accepted by anybody else. I mean, this is huge. <laughs> yes. I mean, again, you only have to look at our education system. You have to look at how most of us have been brought up. You know, the, the majority of what we hear when we're growing up is, no, don't stop it. Um, it, it we are, we, we, haven't, we haven't really gained the intelligence of how to be with the creativity of our children in a way that sure directs them, but gives them space to experience life. So we tell our children, you know, wake up, stop daydreaming, which basically means, you know, cut away from your imagination. And, and yet without imagination, we can't create. And, and then the only access or the only way that we are then able to create in our lives is through the way we've been programmed. In other words, our expectations of how life is, um, which are in the way we hold our body, in the way we listen to other people, in the way we look out. We're looking out from more of a computer program than a sense of our real self. We're looking at, out from a trained state of mind which is not open, it's closed. You know, so our education, it's, it's all about don't make mistakes, get it right. You have to learn how to do things in this way. And if you're good at repeating the thoughts that somebody else had about a situation 100 years ago or 500 years ago, then that's good, you're a good student. But there's no creativity in that and of course modern education arose from the industrial system because suddenly we needed people who could read and write but who were obedient and so our education system trained obedience into us but now as a human species we're faced with um, such a challenge uh, in terms of who we are what matters to us how we can live more sustainably on this earth with an awareness of the, the world we're connected to. And we don't need to be obedient, we need to be creative. So we need to re-educate ourselves so that we have access to our natural creativity, which, coming back to dance, movement, breath, poetry, um, voice, singing, and, you know, so many people say, well, I can't dance, I can't sing, I can't write. Everybody can. It's the most natural thing in the world. When we get out of our own way and we stop judging ourselves, um, uh, comparing ourselves to other people, then we can be 
the one that we are. Giving yourself permission to really be you. Yeah. I know. And do you think this is why, uh, because this is the roots of, of shamanism, um, reconnecting with your true nature and with the, with the earth, is why it's so popular these days. Well, people are interested in it. You know, it seems to be springing up. It's very trendy as well as yes. incredibly important that we do take on these, these ways because it's not actually anything new. It feels no. like we're reclaiming something that is actually part of who we really are as a person, as a part of community, culture, and yes. a global community. I think, it's, I think there's a need to reintegrate, you know, our... Our human story has taken us in a direction that's been led by um, a story which says the earth was given to us to do with whatever we want. The earth and all its inhabitants were given to us by some being up in the sky. You said, there you go, that's yours, do what you want with it. So therefore it's a resource for us to do with whatever we want. That's been the story that human beings have been telling for quite a long time. And... Um, we have created a certain, for a few of us, a level of wealth, a level of technology, a level of comfort, which is in many ways extraordinary and uh, in many ways also part of the problem. Because when we have that level of comfort, we are, in a way, we are, we're anesthetized from our real feelings. And then... So we, we, we get through life until we have a crisis. And then the crisis is often a crisis of meaning. Like, well, what's, what, what's, what's this all about? What, what am I here for? And there's an, a terrible loneliness of spirit amongst people these days. There's so much fear of what might happen. So much fear of the other. So much fear of the unknown. And shamanism was the original form that human beings created to be in conversation with the unknown, to be in dialogue with the unknown, to, to recognize that the unknown is the mystery of life. It's not a problem. It's part of the beauty of life. And as Gabrielle Roth, who was one of our first teachers, used to say, listen, you're also worried about what you're going to do with your life. I can tell you, you'll live and then you'll die. And uh, this is, we, it's the one thing we know, we're going to die. We were born, we're going to die. The rest, it's, it's a created project. We think of life as a created project. I'm not doing a created project, writing a book or painting something. My whole life is a created project. And shamanism, I think it's coming back because it's, and it's coming back in contemporary forms, both a lot of indigenous people coming to the West to share their knowledge, but people like myself and Susanna and many other people who've studied with indigenous shamans around the world and who've um, now distilled uh, forms of, of contemporary shamanism, which, which are about who we are now, what's the wound that we need to heal individually and collectively, which for me is one of separation, separation from ourselves, separation from our feelings, separation from our body, separation from nature, separation from the unknown, separation from the mystery. And 
shamanism it gives a set of really strong tools and information and di- direction to help people reconnect, reconnect. Um, and it starts in very simple ways. And it, it's, it's not about, for me, shamanism isn't about traveling to other realities, uh, you know, with unicorns and, you know, running in the stars. And that's beautiful. But, but shamanism is about learning how to wake up in this reality and to dance and create in this reality. This is, you know, the spirits. The spirits think of us as heroes and heroines, that we came into a body to try to create in this physical world. So far from shamanism being about leaving the physical world to go and have some amazing experience somewhere else, it's about how to, how to dance, how to create in this reality, how to be awake, how to manage this reality. And how to bring any of those dreams and visions into this reality. Precisely, that's the thing. So to be inspired, to open. In shamanism, we talk about the three worlds that's represented in the tree of life, the roots representing the unconscious, the trunk representing the everyday world and the heart, our connection with the world around us and the the branches representing our connection to the light of inspiration, to visions and dreams. And of course, if you look at a healthy tree, they're not separate. The branches aren't somewhere up in the sky, separate from the roots. It's one being. And human beings are like that. We We are connected to the place where visions come to every time we fall asleep every time we we go a little deep in a meditation we're opening that space and as you rightly say that the task then is to is to take the risk of bringing these beautiful visions which are pristine and safe in the upper world but to risk bringing them into the mess of the human world into relationship where they will be changed. And there's nothing more vulnerable than bringing the attempt to bring our dreams, our visions, the feeling of what matters to us, to earth. And the earth is crying out for human beings who are willing to take that risk. And that key word, being able to be vulnerable with that risk. Yeah. So, you know, you you might mess up a bit, but you'll do your best. But you are coming down to Bournemouth. I know you just spoke at I Can Do It as well about the topic of the um, vulnerability and power in the shaman's world and and how how important it is to recognise where your power is and where your vulnerability is and well, I mean, I mean, the title of your book as well, it's all linked in, isn't it? It is. It's, and you can't actually have one without the other. Well, you can. In fact, if you want to see the results of power without vulnerability, watch the six o'clock news tonight. It's full of the results of power used without heart, power used without responsibility, power used um, without recognition of the effect of that power on the environment, the people around us. So we have a lot of healing to do. I certainly did, and I'm, it's ongoing. 
with the, our relationship to power. But if, if we do what I did for many years, we say, well, I look around and I see that power is not a good thing. You know, look, power creates suffering. Power is destroying our planet. Power is, is um, it, it can't be okay. So I was like, okay, well, power is over there and I'm over here and I'm, you know, I'm one of the powerless. I'm one of the victims of life. I'm one of the people who is, you know, recognizing how hurt I am. Um, and I'm leaving power over there. Where, But of course, if we do that, nothing changes because there are plenty of people who are willing to use power without heart, without responsibility. Um, so I, I recognize that at a certain point is I have to clean up my relationship with power. I have to recognize that just because power is used uh, often in a damaging way, it's used to dominate, it's used to destroy. Uh, it doesn't mean that power itself is the problem. The okay. problem is how we use it. And the problem is that we, you know, people who care, people who are feeling people, we, we're, we are disempowered to a degree because we are afraid of using power because we don't want to do harm. And, but, but the answer for me is to clean our relationship with power and then to dedicate the full force of the power that we have access to through our hearts to that which matters to us. And through, and through that, we come into relationship with vulnerability. If I'm going to stand up and say, listen, folks, this is what matters to me. This is who I am. This is what I have learned, and I'm, I'm happy to share that with you. And uh, then I have to be willing to uh, recognize my own vulnerability and learn about the medicine that's in vulnerability. When I recognize that um, life is painful at times, mm. especially if we have the courage to love. If we have the courage to love, we're going to lose. You know, we lose the people we care about. And life hurts. And rather than running away from that, let's, let's learn to embrace it and, and learn how to, to digest our painful experiences and not turn away from life, but use them to turn towards life. So this is the dance of power and vulnerability that, as you say, my book is really an invocation of that because that's been my experience in life. That's what writing a book and because I, you know, I was being aware of you for many years, Yakov, you and, and Susanna and your, your school of movement medicine down in, in Devon, seeing your little postcards and things like that. And I, I could never find out very much about you and about your journey. And I've, I'm very interested in people and how they've got to, you know, their truths and what their journeys are being because I'm, I'm on that myself, you know. So this book has been a real gift, not just to me, but to anyone that's, going to read it who's remotely interested or or deeply interested you will all gain something I, really I can I think I can promise that actually <laughs> it's going to something from reading that and it's just such a just an honor to um that you're going to come down to, to Bournemouth and, and share more of this with us and uh, I'm delighted to be coming that's great and thank you so much for the invitation it's great this is going to be on the 9th of, of November down in um 
at the Orchid Hotel, a beautiful hotel. It's just one of the nicest hotels in Bournemouth, which is why we, we do our, our work there. Lovely. Yeah, really. Now, there's tons that I'd like to talk to you about more, but, you know, you have got quite a lot of resources online at your is it the schoolofmovementmedicine.com? The school, yeah, schoolofmovementmedicine.com. And also um, in about a, week to, a week's time, you'll be able to also find us on darlingkhanonline.com. We're starting a new online course in Engaged Shamanism, which begins on the 31st of October which we're very excited about because we, are, we found a way to bring shamanic practice through this technology to people in their homes, wherever they are, and, to, and to, to help people to experience directly how shamanism might benefit them in their day-to-day life. The whole truth of it. I just want to, because I've also um, got a track you want to play you, and also you're going to talk us through a little... Um, process i hope yeah i would just like to one quote from your book that i would like you to just discuss is it um in order to see clearly you have to be super sensitive and i'd learned time and time again that in order to be super sensitive in our world and stay safe i need to be super strong how can i allow my full power through and still be receptive to others i think this is so so key it's 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 been my question and i'm you know i i'm very blessed we we have many elders in our lives and that we've asked to be on our case and um you know really tell us if we're going off off piste in an unu- in an unuseful way if we're if we're losing the plot because it's it's uh, it's challenging in this world to be in our power, be in our creativity, be in our, in our charisma, our, our capacity to touch people and really stay simple. And that's the journey that Susanna and I are on. And, you know, we've been together 31 years and we, we keep each other feet properly on the ground. And, and we have a, a bunch of elders who help us with that. I'm very grateful for that. And because of that, um, I've learned to trust my own power enough to recognize that my intention with power is to support people I meet to find theirs. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Wow, so would you like to just take us through a little shamanic process here on Chi Time? Absolutely, and I've got my drum here, should I? should I play that or you wanted to play that music? Um, no, I think we can play the music after yeah. what you want. Great. In which case, I'm going to take you on a short little process with my drum over here. And uh, let's see what we can do in a short time. Okay. We've got just, this is going to be like three, four minutes, yes? Okay, perfect. Okay. So wherever you are, feeling your feet on the ground, any part of you that has connection with the ground, feeling the support of gravity as the drum invites you to come in 
to land inside your own skin, to let the weight of your body, your feelings, your thoughts be held, be supported by the living earth underneath you. Breathing in and breathing out, and with each out-breath, letting the weight drop a little more. Through that connection with the ground, imagining your roots, your roots spreading out from the soles of your feet, going down, down into the ground, giving you support, nourishment, containing you, holding you. For a moment, you can let go of everything that you're holding in your life and be held right now by this living presence, the great spirit of this earth, Pachamama, the spirit of the earth. Let her hold you and let the drum rock you a little deeper, bring you a little deeper. And as you do this, you can feel the heart, the belly, the guts relaxing just a little, breathing the power of this earth up through your roots, supporting your belly, supporting your heart, letting the heart soften in the chest, feeling this support. and the trunk of the tree of life inside you. And open it through the hands and through the head towards the wide open space of the sky. The sun, the stars, the moon. That beautiful wide open space Breathing that open space in. Breathing the warmth of the autumn sun in through the top of your head. Illuminating the body. Bringing the warmth and the spaciousness of the sky into the body and heart. Letting the mind relax. Be open. Rest in this body, in this mind. Just saying to yourself these simple words. Here I am. Here I am. Right here. Held. Supported by the living earth underneath us. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Breathing deep. Breathing soft. 
and as the drum beat slows down, thanking this body for the work that it does for you, for being such a home for your spirit here on earth. Thanking this body, this heart, and gently opening the eyes. Looking around you, feeling your feet on the ground, feeling that spaciousness that just two or three minutes of paying attention can bring. Thank you. You're so welcome. It was lovely, lovely, lovely. And if we want more from you, you can head over to your Facebook as well as your School of Movement Medicine. We're doing the Darling Khan. Online. Online, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put links to all of this at the bottom Thank of the for people. Um, yeah. But we're looking forward to seeing you in Bournemouth for Conscious Living Events. Tickets booking now. I've also put the links on there. And I'm going to play out with what's become a real favourite of your tracks, because um, Yakov has got a CD. You've got a couple of CDs, haven't you? Actually, my wife is really the musician. She's created nine CDs, and including Guided Journeys, and um, some of them I play on. The one you're going to play, I'm playing on. But she's really the, the musician, the artist in that respect. And, yeah, you can find her work and the work of amazing artists at music-medicine.co.uk. Okay. Uh, we, we support the work of a young local artist, like really exceptionally talented people. And also you'll find music there that's sold in aid of protecting the, the Amazon rainforest as well. Music for life, it's called. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yakov, darling Karna, and of course, Susanna. Oh, I can feel her presence. Everything that you do. Yes, exactly. I would love to meet her one day. As well. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Out. But thank you all for watching and listening. Keep your chi up, my friends. Here is the air element or the journey of air. Um, is that how? How would you like to in? This is this um, this is from Movement Medicine, uh, Volume One, and it's an invocation of the element of air to breathe, to move, to feel that power of the wind. Perfect. And I, this has been here the whole time supporting, which is my little hummingbird. Ah, beautiful. I nearly spoke to you about because it stars in Yakov's book as well. So as we're talking of the air. Let's just bring the hummingbird energy in as well. So thank, thank you all. Thank you. <laughs>